Oh, man. I wish, like, I think you need to come back again because it was a fun <laughs> experience upstairs. But I would love for you to have your critics hat because I felt like you were just oh, having fun. Oh, she had her hat on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that the secret? Like, she has her hat on. Yeah. But you are un- in disguise because I felt like you were just having a good time. I was. I was having a great time. The food was delicious. But you still had your critic hat on? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang it. Well, I think, you know, that's great because we've... we've I'm eating brunch with my people though The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast and we bout to eat it bro Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the poutine Daddy is rolling blow dream, them boys got down a routine It's nap town culture, cooking seven courses Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke It's all the brunch on the way and get prepared for the jokes Whoa Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Slappy, pappy, wink, wink. On the ones, the twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce, boss of Indianapolis, and the last broke dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan, everybody. Still standing. <laughs> very nice. Excellent. And uh, a very special uh, first-time guest with us in the studio. Let me pull out this so I don't get anything wrong here. Writer, cook, consultant, uh, local uh, food dining advocate with Culinary Crossroads, co-founder of Fisher's Test Kitchen, and restaurant news on Indie Now TV, Jolene Ketzenberger. Welcome hey. to the program. Hi. Jolene. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I feel like... Um, when 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 I explain you to other people, I'm like, you know, she's she's part of the food culture of Indianapolis. Like, mm-hmm. she's you're, you're baked into the crust. Well, you know? thank you. I kind of like that. Kind of like food <laughs> Illuminati as <Yeah>. well. <laughs> That's really good too. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> How long have you been actively involved in the like the the food scene in Indianapolis? Uh, a long time. Um, I what was the origin? I guess. Um, I guess I started. I, I've Worked at Indianapolis Monthly um, in the late 80s. Um, And then um, after that, I did start writing um, restaurant reviews for Nouveau, probably around 1994. So you can do the math. It's been a minute. Now, was it like you went to a restaurant and like you just had so many opinions and someone's like, you should write about that. (laughs) And you're like, you know what? Should. Um, so so the, the way that happened is that um, I was a freelance writer. I had left Indianapolis Monthly when I had kids. Um, and so I was freelancing. And so when you're a freelancer, you know, you do whatever comes along, right? Whatever you take the gig that comes along. Um, but I was reading Nouveau one time and sometime, sometime around 94, I'm going to say. Um, and they did a, a survey, a readership survey. You know, what do our readers do? Who are, who are our readers? You know, mm-hmm. men, women, you know, what are, what are they interested in? Um, and one thing that, that I noticed in that little story was the, um, their hobbies. And the number one thing that, that they did was cook for fun. Mm. And I thought that was an interesting thing. So if your readers like to cook for fun, hmm. So I wrote an, a letter, like a typed out an actual letter, uh, and sent that to the editor saying, if this is what your readers like to do, you should have a column about it, and I should write it. Uh, because, of course, when you're a freelancer, you can, yeah. you can do anything. Um, and what he, a great way to pitch a job. <laughs> yeah. Here's what you guys need to do, and I know a person that would be great at it. And I should do it, right? Um, <laughs> and he called and said, you know, that's a great idea. You're right, but our food, our food critic just quit. Can you do that? Mm. And it's like. Of course I can do that, you know, like you said, I said. Food you, poisoning, you're, right? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a freelancer. You just say, yes, I can do the gig. Um, so I started reviewing restaurants for Nouveau. So you had really no food background at the time. Um, you just well, kind of walked into I, it? I had written for Indianapolis Monthly for, okay, for, about for several years. Oh, okay, and yeah, and yeah. working there, you know, food's a big thing of what they do, and it mm. was then too. And so, you know, I had I had written various stories about, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. Um, but certainly I don't think food writer was a title back mm, then. Yeah. And we had a, we had a, a person who did recipes for us, okay. you know, but, but we didn't, you know, didn't cover food as food writers. Um, I'm trying to think in the 90s, like mid nineties. I, I, I don't remember Indianapolis having like a blossoming culinary scene. <laughs> like I, I can remember a lot of Texas roadhouses and, uh, there were um, Cheddar's was a restaurant that was around right? there. Uh, well, actually, um, I would, I would peg the start of 
like what we would call today's food culture, um, in 1985, which is when um, Peter's Restaurant opened mm-hmm. in Fountain Square, which Fountain Square was then considered kind of a scary area yeah. to go mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know? Um, and so, but but Peter's opened in 1985 with Tony Hanslitz as the opening chef. And we all know Chef Tony mm-hmm. Hanslitz, who just recently retired and they sold, you know, Nicole Taylor's pasta. Um, so he opened in, in 85. There was another restaurant called, um, oh my goodness, uh, Fletcher Boyd was the restaurateur. That was downtown. I think it was called an American place or something like that. Very similar to some other restaurants. Um, so I think I think the late 80s was when we started seeing chefs mm. be, become known, you know, or or starting to become known. But they were kind of like few and far between. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, there was a handful. Yeah. Let's say three, four. Um, before that, it had been um, a lot of um, the big hotel dining mm. rooms. Oh. You know, the King Cole, you know, things like those mm. kind of restaurants um, that, that where, the, where the chefs were doing fancy French food. Um, like Latour, yeah. you know, the, the restaurant there. So in, I believe it was probably 1975, uh, Wolfgang Puck started his career here in Indianapolis at, oh, La, really? at Latour. Yes. I didn't know that. Great band. <laughs> 1975. <laughs> um, so I, I went, by the time I moved up to Indianapolis in, in the late 80s, um, Latour wasn't, you know, I went there, I think for my first anniversary, Oh, wow. I went there, uh, but I don't think it lasted much past, uh, much past the late eighties. Oh, um, now, when, when you do a write up of food, are you one of those people that was like, you're only going to say positive stuff or do you say your honest opinion across the board? <laughs> How do you approach, what's your approach? Um, I, um, do you cuss? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I probably could have in Nouveau. Yeah. <laughs> um, in new, back in the when I was writing for Nouveau, so this was the say the mid nineties. Um, of course, you know the internets weren't there, and you wrote something, and then it was gone. Yeah, you know, so uh. they threw they threw the paper away. So, um, so there wasn't a lot of um, you didn't have to worry too much about repercussions, mm. right? So I know I reviewed restaurants on opening night before, which is something I would not do that now. Oh, you know? yeah, understanding. Yeah, just because you know, I, I guess I was I would was harsher back then. Mm. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't any good, it wasn't any good. Yeah. And it was, it's, it's sort of a consumer journalism. You know, you're, you're doing this to let the consumers know, you know, what, what is out there so that they can spend their money, you know, on, you know, on things that they want to spend their money on. Um, so it really was that, that sort of reporting. And I, I had come from Indianapolis Monthly and our, Critic at that time was Debbie Paul, who was a former editor, she's an editor emeritus, you know. Um, so she was she was a very tough critic, and I went along on several restaurant reviews with her and kind of kind of followed that style um, when I was writing at Nouveau. So, but you know, it, nobody knew who I was, and you know, like I said, the articles didn't last very long because you know you couldn't just go back and find them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. It, you felt a little freer to be a little harsher, mm. you know. Um, but Man, but was... later on, when I was reviewing for the for the Indianapolis Star, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, why why write it? Mm. You know. Yeah, so. I feel like that's kind of our take on stuff. We we love promoting the things that we like. You know, we yeah. love like hey, this and if it's something that I don't like, then I just. Don't usually right. bring it, it up. Right. I mean, I like talking crap a little bit. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, because I, 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 I'm probably the more competitive one. I want to, I want to say it, and then if, if I'm wrong, prove, prove prove me wrong, and then we'll we'll go from there. But I I understand the idea of not wanting to go opening night because people don't really have their crap together opening night. Like uh, and, although they should, although they should, because someone is spending their hard earned money on that experience on that opening night, and right. so you should know what it tastes like. You should know if it's cold. Right, everybody should be trained, but then it's like, do we speak to the money of like, hey, it's actually hard to open a restaurant? Like, is that a, a point where like there needs to be more government funding for those those type of things? Um, boy, I don't know about that, um, but it is it is certainly hard to open the restaurant. We all know that, you know how hard yeah. it is and how hard it is to get everything right. Yeah, but you know you you have to get everything right. You have to have the restrooms nice. You have to 
Yeah, the coffee cups. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've gone to restaurants, you know, new restaurants, new upscale restaurants, and you start to notice those little things like, hmm, there's not a hook on the back of the restroom door. So now I mm. have to lay my coat on, on the, the floor. floor. Mm. And then nobody wants to do that, you know, or, you know, I, I'm, and this is a, this is a real instance I'm having my cup of coffee with my dessert mm -hmm. and there's something about that. The coffee cup handles don't fit my hand. And so as I pick up my cup, it's like burning my fingers. And so I can't pick up my cup. And so now I'm obsessed with my coffee cup yeah. and why I can't pick up my coffee cup mm. instead of the dish, you know? So I'm not focusing then on my dessert. I'm focusing on how awkward this yeah. coffee cup is, you know? And so, you know, or silverware that's too heavy. And I've, certainly had that feeling as well. It's like this, why is this knife so bulky? You know, <laughs> my goodness. So a 40 all, pound knife uh, is inappropriate. It, it's just inappropriate. Uh, so, so those, all sorts of those little details are very important for the guest experience. And sometimes I feel like those kinds of things don't get, people don't focus on that as much, yeah. you know? And so, but all those things are important. Oh man. I wish like, I think you need to come back again because it was a fun experience <laughs> upstairs. But I would love for you to have your critics hat because I felt like you were just oh, having fun. Oh, she had her hat on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that the secret? Like she had her on. hat on. Yeah. But you are un in disguise because I felt like you were just having a good time. I was. I was having a great time. The food was delicious. But you still had your critic hat on? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang it. Well, I think, you know, that's great because we've, we the closest thing we had to a food critic was our friend Chris King, who's just an ass. And, uh, <laughs> So like it, let's go through the let's go through the, uh, the the menu here. Okay. And we'll have your uh, critique. Well, I, before we get to the menu, how about the front of the house? That's that's the part of it. How was how was the front of the house experience? Because I was in the back the whole time, so I, I don't even know. Front of the house was great. I, I didn't get one of those peanut butter cocktails though. Mm. I just want to point that out. Not offered to the guests. That's, well, uh, I mean, I will say I saw the minus. trepidation in her eyes when she watched him pour his own cocktail at the beginning, which was basically just vodka. It was like a vodka hey, shot only in a glass. Much, that's much, not. Uh, we talked about this. We put that image out. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. So um, other than not being offered a drink that was offered to everyone else I, as the guest, that was your only real complaint. I will say this. That makes sense. You might be used to restaurant rules where someone's trying to make a buck out off of you, right? That's right. That's but right. this is my home. And so when I, when, excuse me, when I ask you, uh, do you want a drink? You said water. Right. And, and then, then when you're asked the second said, time, you said, said coffee. And someone said, would you like a cup of coffee? It's like, well, sure, I'll take a cup of coffee. And so. <laughs> so then I was so, done, right? You didn't know you used up all your wishes. There's usually three, but there's only two here. I was, I was yeah, like, I hope a, she knows she has another wish. Yeah. She wants that. It was more of a monkey's paw situation. <laughs> I never want to enforce. <laughs> I never want to enforce alcohol on anybody that's walking through my doors. That's, like, very, like, that's very good. You see that's what I'm saying? Because this is a house restaurant. That's right. We, we practice reverse bartending here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting tipped for it. I, what do you want? The, me You're not getting tipped for what you didn't do? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's not what I didn't do. It's me casa su casa. After that's your rules. It's in there. Go to the cupboard to the left. It's in there. And you got it. <laughs> you were here for five minutes and you didn't make yourself at home. <laughs> Somehow, this is all your fault. No, the front of the house was great. Lots of good conversation. Yeah. Which is, which is what you want around the dinner table, right? Yeah. We used to, before Thad uh, joined us, we just kind of leave the guests out in the kitchen by themselves. <laughs> and everyone else would just congregate, or everyone else would be in the kitchen. The guests would be out in the dining room by themselves. And we just kind of bring food out to them. By themselves, and they're like, yeah, maybe we should talk to the guests. <laughs> maybe, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, so I think conversation is important. Okay, let's let's uh, probably the most important. Absolutely. The first, the first dish. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. This I just want to point out the, the pour over coffee was very good. Well, thank you. That's our Ooh. sponsor, Tinker. <laughs> Tinker, I love Tinker Coffee. Tinker Coffee, we're huge fans. Big um, fans. We get you know we get we get some special hookups there. We got the. The short short days that's uh the brand that we have right now it's so good um we also have they have a delivery service you can have it delivered if you use promo code brunch you get 25 cents Ooh, off sorry 25 percent off i was 25%. gonna say that's a quarter 25 <laughs> percent off your first delivery <laughs> use promo code brunch save a nickel <laughs> hey. 
<laughs> hey, that's not a bad every, way to go. Every little per- bit counts. Because I feel like if we got Nike, like, hey, listen, if we say it, like, <laughs> 10 cents off a shoe. Off. Yeah. 10 cents off a shoe. <laughs> yeah. And then we're officially sponsored by Nike. <laughs> I think this is like Jordan get like a quarter of every like Air Jordan sold. Do you make that up? No, I watched the documentary. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then our other our other uh, lovely sponsor is Smoking Goose. Right, right. Oh. Always representing. Always delicious. Um, over there on Dorman Street, if you want to check out their uh, smokehouse, they got amazing uh, uh, meats. The, the, everything was filled up when I just went in there this past weekend. If you uh, want to make that hot charcuterie board, um, I think Valentine's Day is coming up, and I think that is the best way to impress your 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 spouse or your loved one. Absolutely, give them a nice a That's nice right. meat board. Spoiler: Did you use any smoking goose today? We'll get there, but yes, I did. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, the uh, first course, yeah, on this smoking goose <laughs> brunch breakdown. The theme was as seen on TV, and we right. asked. Some of our uh, some of our friend chefs, we have like the uh, you know in the in the Harder Brunch expanded universe, we have our friends of the show that come by. So we had uh, Chef uh, Bridget Haran Purcell and Andrew Whitmore um, helping us today. So we'll, we'll kind of rotate in, let them say talk about their dishes. Uh, you can rotate into the hot seat and have. <laughs> Jolene, critique you to your face. Yeah. Um, the first one, I feel like on these, if you didn't like them, I'm just going to blame the chef. I'm <laughs> like, like, you take this up with Guy Fieri. <laughs> uh, the, the, the first course was trying to go for something lighter. I picked mm-hmm. a Jamie Oliver. I feel like always this kind of fresh mm-hmm. takes on stuff. Um, and with the Jamie Oliver avocado toast, which did bring up one of my favorite things about Jamie Oliver. Uh, Casey brought this up earlier. Do you remember like when he did the show and he was trying to show like American kids like oh, how to ha- eat school, yeah. school food? Yeah. But he had done he had done this bit with like uh, English kids where he like breaks down a chicken, puts it like in a blender, and like makes like a chicken tender out of it or like a. McNugget, basically. And then he's like, hey, won't stay eat this. And they're all like, ew. And then he tried to do the same thing with American kids. And, like, the whole time, he's, like, putting it in a blender. And they're like, ew. And he's, like, pushing it through a mesh. And they're like, ew. And then he, like, makes it, deep fries it. And he's like, who wants to eat this now? And they're all like, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you just see him start to cry because he's like, I, I'm never going to get through to these American kids. <laughs> Uh, but I still think that's a bit of a like to make the best fresh chicken nugget that any kid has ever seen in front of them and then shame them because, you know, I mean, because most of them are frozen and terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he's just breaking down a chicken normally and like putting the bits in their faces like, isn't this disgusting? <laughs> like you're just breaking down a chicken. Man. Yeah, it's, like, just right. chicken. it's just chicken. It's just chicken. But um, okay, so yeah, but yeah, I, Jamie Oliver's his his naked chef stuff and those cookbooks, mm-hmm. you know, those you know, when he was really mm-hmm. focusing on like bright, clear, you know, ingredients and stripped down kind of recipes. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think Jamie Jamie Oliver's a good chef. Um, so his avocado toast, uh, mm-hmm. which was I just liked. It was really bright. It was just uh, avocado toast. We used some uh, Amelia's uh, semolina, mm-hmm. and then the uh, uh, fresh avocado. Uh, prosciutto, um, some spring mix with some tomatoes and a little Parmesan, just all kind of light, but like, uh, I don't know what, what was your critique on that as a starting dish? Uh, well, I, I love avocado toast. So anytime anybody makes avocado toast for me, it's really, really good. You know, so I'm, I'm always happy to, to have that when someone is cooking for me. So, you know, I really hesitate to, to point yeah. out anything i don't i don't i don't has i don't hesitate well all right so, so if you don't want me to hesitate then i thought i thought it needed a, a little bit of salt and i thought it needed some acid and i probably would have used balsamic vinegar just a little a little drizzle uh, of balsamic see yeah, I, fear, wait, I, I literally thought the other way i was just like i feel like balsamic was going to be too much so i used it i specifically used the lighter vinegar i should have got you you, just a, you say just, balsamic um, yeah. well, what I put on my my avocado toast. All right, I'll do it. I'm I'm not above uh, improving. And then maybe some flaky, some flaky salt, malted mm, or something like that. Maybe more. some black black sea salt. Kind yeah, of, kind of pretty. Okay. Oh, black sea salt. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually seen that. I've seen the pink, mm-hmm. <laughs> Himalayan, right? But not the black. Uh, where's the black sea salt from? Zach? I I don't know. It's from the black sea. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I will say this. This wasn't my critique. 
but it was my thought. He read my mind. Uh, I don't like critiquing food to, to just to be mean. Um, but yeah, uh, Yusuf, he's like, this needs more salt. Other than that, this will be good. You just passing the message. <laughs> That's really nice of you. Yeah. I'm just because nothing was off record on the yeah. table. That's that's good. <laughs> Transparency is what we're aiming for on this podcast. But that wasn't your recipe. Mm. You, if it was you, you would have added salt. I was so much salt. Yeah, <laughs> it was so much salt and balsamic. But I was like, this is not what Jamie wanted. Yeah. So <laughs> Jamie was against it. Yep. That's right. Uh, I'll pass all the criticism on to him. Uh, uh, Sauce Boss, you did uh, this next round. So uh, I was looking up famous chefs, and there's a whole list of them, and all of them had fancy dishes beside them. Uh, and so I went with the one that stuck out to me, and that was Guy Fieri's Trash Can Nachos. Um, I really like Guy Fieri. I think he gets like made fun of a lot in the culture. Uh, but for somebody who like not only does a lot of charity work, but also puts on like small businesses. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the cornerstone of his brand. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and honestly, like every time he makes something, I think that looks delicious. Uh, and that was a really fun, I like the presentation of it. You put a number 10 can, wash it out and, and pack the nachos in there and then lift it at the table and kind of let them fall everywhere. Yeah. I thought that was fun. It's a fun presentation and it's right up, you know, what Guy Fieri does, you know, and he does, he does get a lot of uh, it gets made fun of a lot. And of course, the poor restaurant in Times Square that had that scathing review. Um, but you know, he's a nice guy, and you know, he does good stuff. And his food, is, his food is tasty. And so I thought, I thought the nachos were tasty too. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Nice, yeah. We we compared him to like kind of like in the comedy world, Carrot Top is kind of like a punching bag. <laughs> But, like, Carrot Top has also been, like, a working comedian for 30 years, has a residency in Vegas, like, right. is one of the top paid comedians on the planet. People are like, oh, look at this dumbass. I yeah. feel like if you just have goofy hair, then you're, you can't be taken seriously. <laughs> uh, next one, uh, we'll, we'll pass it over to Chef Andrew. We'll have him come on and talk about his dish real quick. Yeah. I had a question for Zach uh, as he's... Uh, coming on there what sauce did you use on that nachos because oh so i have no notes for that i uh uh it was uh smoking goose chorizo oh well there were two sauces there was a queso mm -hmm. and that was smoking goose chorizo that i rendered down with some pineapple salsa and then like what? some white Velveeta. what uh and then the other sauce was a uh, chipotle sour cream and that was just like oh. lime juice uh, chipotles and then sour cream blended up. sauce boss always getting it What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you have? What did you, what did you bring to the table? Uh, well, I mean, my, my favorite TV chef who doesn't really do a ton of cooking on TV is Anthony Bourdain, uh, mostly known for more of his travel logs and everything. But um, I'm always a huge fan of French cuisine and American French cuisine for sure. Um, so I decided to do a little duo of my two favorite French chefs, both really good friends with each other, Anthony Bourdain and Thomas Keller. Uh, so for the Anthony Bourdain side, I did his um, Portuguese mussels. Mm. Uh, so those were uh, mussels steamed with uh, fresh chorizo, some uh, garlic, uh, onion, uh, red bell pepper, yeah, uh, white wine, some butter, parsley, and cilantro. Um, I also made a little uh, crusty bread on the side with a uh, essentially a saffron aioli called Rui. Uh, that was also Anthony's recipe as well. How, how do you oh, spell okay. that? That was very good. Yeah, R-O-U-I-L-E. Rui. Oh, okay, okay. It's French. Yeah. Uh, it's, and right there is his recipe right at the very top. So uh, he uh, does a little bit different where he actually adds red bell pepper to his uh, his Rui just to make that red pop. Um it's just it's I love bread and bread with mussels because you get that you can dip it in the broth, but also with that little bit of like rui on there, it just makes for a really nice like condiment as well. Uh, and then for Thomas Keller, I did one of his more like typical summer salads, but I decided to make it more winter focused. Um, it's his uh, saffron rice salad. Uh, so last night I made a saffron rice with a short grain rice, let it sit overnight, and then. Um, Today, I mixed it with uh, some kombucha squash, delicata squash, red onion, um, made a little sherry vinaigrette, mm -hmm. and then um, topped that off with uh, lump crab meat as well. Nice. I don't usually eat uh, uh, rice cold, and like, and that was, it was interesting because I'm like, wait, you could make 
rice good and it can still be cold. Like right. I think that's I think that's a, uh, a trick. Yeah, I mean, well, and it's I think there's something like beautiful about day old rice. I mean, that's I mean that's day old rice is how you do fried rice, which is my my absolute favorite rice dishes. I mean, you have but it's it's not good if you use fresh rice. Like you have to use day old rice, mm. and so. That was that was a nice part about that rice I used is it's 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 a short grain so it's kind of like what you would use for like a risotto or something like yeah. that, uh, but when when it it's cooked it doesn't clump up like a risotto does it really is able to like break apart and be like singular grains instead of like kind of like a like a lumpy kind of soupy mess like risotto is not that risotto's mess but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's able to like break up a lot more so um, that was my. Yeah, that was my two dishes. What did you now? What do you think now? What's your critic's <laughs> choice? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so I love mussels, and it was, it's a great mussels recipe. Um, so that that was, that was delicious. Thank you. Love the mussels. Um, a lot of sauce on that bread, mm-hmm. which made it very hard to pick up and, and put in my. You know, it's like I couldn't dip it when my, yep. with my mussel juice sauce there. Um, but but it was really good. The the was saffron sauce. Is that mm-hmm. what you said? Yeah. Um, very tasty. A bit too much. Um, and the, the rice, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that it was cold as well. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of the little, of the little, like the delicata squashes, mm-hmm. you know, because of course you can eat the, the rind right. on them, you know, but I'm not the biggest, not the biggest squash rind mm-hmm. fan. Um, but, but it's very tasty. I need salt. Mm-hmm. Salt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like squash rinds. Largely because I don't like peeling squash. (laughs) Like I always like I I, I really enjoy it, and I think, oh wow, this is so rustic, and I think that's just what I tell myself because I hate peeling squash. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So so salt is needed for the last two dishes. Andrew, do you want to plug Chef's Night off real quick? Oh yeah. Um. So uh, it's on here. What? Like six, seven months ago. Uh. Just. Talking about Chef's Not Off, a little pop-up dinner series I do with uh, or myself and my partner Craig Baker uh, do. Um, we are in the process of making our February and March dinners uh, available for purchase. Uh, if you want more information on that, uh, Instagram is Chef's N-O-N-D. And then Chef's Not Off on a... Uh, or Chef's Head Off Indie on Facebook as well. Such so. a great concept. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we our last our very last dinner for the year was at a garden table, and it was um, a very very fun. We had a lot of old school chefs. Uh, my partner Craig Baker cooked. Uh, Cindy Hawkins, uh, Aaron Butts, uh, Steve Oakley, and Regina Melchick all cooked for it, and it was a lot of fun to have all of them together yeah. under one roof, which probably won't ever happen again. Uh, <laughs> A lot of strong, uh, a lot of really awesome cooks, but also a lot of strong personalities there too. So, uh, be very hard for them to all come together. Yeah. I'm sure, but it was it was bla- Jolene was there. It was, fun. It was really yeah. great to see her there. And um, so, like I said, yeah, pr- hopefully I'm hoping in the next like week I uh, should have uh, February and March up and posted and tickets for sale there. So, absolutely, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Regina, she had uh, she had what was it? Our bistro. Our um, bistro. Regina is one of our one of our OG chefs here in Indianapolis, and um, her run with our bistro, where she changed that menu every week. She um, had a sticky toffee pudding on there that was one of my favorite mm-hmm. desserts I've ever had. Yeah, Regina's awesome. Uh, I think a lot of her. She's one of our our uh, wonderful chefs. The uh, I like how in the background of every culinary story in Indianapolis, it was like, and Jolene was there. <laughs> Well, like I said, it's been a it's been a while <laughs> since I've been doing this. So, um, uh, the next one was uh, Emerald. That's I did that one, and it was his shrimp and grits, which I gave you a cartoonishly large <laughs> shrimp, which is a, it was a big gamble. I don't know that. Did see you just it. have one of those just yeah, chilling just, around? Just one. <laughs> No, I, when I bought it, I was like, I, I saw the tiger shrimp next to it. I was like, I'm going to get one tiger shrimp <laughs> and give it to Jolene. We'll, oh, we'll see if it paid off. <laughs> well, the, the dish was delicious. That tiger shrimp was very hard to cut. <laughs> it was a bit, a bit awkward to eat. But it was made for a beautiful presentation. Um, but yeah, tasty dish. No salt? <laughs> Enough salt. Yay! Yay! <laughs>
never happened. Full redemption. That's right. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very tasty. It was very tasty. I Bigger, think, not always better. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've never heard of it before. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh no! Can we? Uh, 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 sorry. <laughs> can we change this to something else? else? Yeah, Please let's do throw me a lifeline. Uh, I thought so. you were about to change before I introduced my dish. I was like, "Are we changing the subject?" Yeah, yeah, I've never really seen like somebody jarring. stop and doggy paddle in it. Can we just <laughs> do like a sports podcast <laughs> or something? Can we do something else? Anything else do right we? now? Uh, no. And then the uh, dessert was made by uh, Bridget. That's me. Woo. Um, I. I know we're all shocked, but I wanted to pick a female <laughs> chef. And I especially, I love Julia Child. I feel like she kind of like very casually upended this like male dominated like food industry on TV. And I, I love her. For for me, it's very like approachable, delicious food. And she was a spy. And she was a spy. Wait, she was a spy? So oh. cool. That's crazy. I never knew that. Seriously? Yeah. Well, it's because she's sneaky. Yeah, no, I mean, she's <laughs> yeah. a very good spy. Yes. She's yeah. the best. No, I, I love her. And so I wanted to pick something like that. And I wanted to pick something seasonal. Um, and so it's like, I love pears. I think they're delicious. And I love French Japan and any excuse to use them both. So I wanted to do a tarte de pois, uh, which is a pear tart. Um, I had made fig jam this week. And so I did a fig jam in Bordeaux poached pear um and i did a double lard crust and some frangipan and then i'm any excuse to use cardamom so i <laughs> i was like let's do some cardamom whipped cream with this too i think pears and cardamom are good so that was my it's my it's very comfort food based for me it was delicious and that and, that and that cardamom that was the first thing i wanted to know was what was in yeah. the whipped cream i love yeah. it it's like any excuse i feel like it's so underutilized and I think everyone always, especially in like winter and fall, I think it's like cinnamon is always the go-to, but I think cardamom is so underappreciated and I just love it so much. <laughs> well, it, it was delicious. And I did, I did notice as I was eating that I loved the crust and there was salt in the crust. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, but, but if you don't put it in there, you notice that it's not there. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it's not like you think, oh, this dessert is salty, but no, just so every now and then you think, mm, you Thank know, you. It, it has, it has that nice level of salt. Um, and pears are great, you know, when you can get them when they're flavorful. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, it's nice time of year. Yeah, nice I, th year I think it's that. it's it's good, and I think apples and cinnamon get kind of the leading role in the winter and they fall. Do, and don't I, they? I think it's like I love pears. I, I love cardamom, and and I used a uh, Becker Farms uh, lard in the crust. And I'm I'm not a big dessert person, which is I ironic because I'm a pastry <laughs> chef kind of at, at my right. heart. And so I wanted to pick a crust that was a little bit. More savory, but still kind of balance it a little uh, bit. So you know, you I'm can't you, you, like you can't beat a lard crust. We love you know? it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> That's right. So it was it was just delicious. Thank you so much. Well, it was some welcome. very like nostalgic for me. That, like took me back to childhood of eating like a like an apple cinnamon so something, but that was like with the caramelized pear that was like made like in a Dutch oven almost, mm -hmm. and it just I don't know. It very much like triggered like memories for me when I was mm. eating that. It was like. Uh, it's a problem when I eat because then I'm like, I need more memories. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I always try to trick you with like, you at one point were like, make me an apple pie that doesn't taste like an apple pie. And so I've, I feel like I'm constantly chasing that with you. It's like, it's an apple pie, but not really. And it's more delicious. And this is actually better. <laughs> it was really good. And I love Julia Child. I, her story is great. And she's yeah. just inspiring. And, and I just, I just love her. She, she is definitely inspirational to me. And it's like my very Southern grandmother who went to, she studied abroad in Paris when she was a teenager. And so oh, she loved Julia Child I from, and so it's like, it always triggers so much nostalgia for me just cooking from her cookbooks. So. And you speak French. And I speak French. Perfect. Um, do you want to do a quick plug real quick, Bridget? Uh, I am currently working at Pots and Pans Pie Company. Um, they do really phenomenal products. And uh, you can get take and bake pot pies. We do seasonal fruit pies. Um, and really phenomenal people that work there. Um, and then for any uh, personal baking needs you need, follow Bakes by Bridge on Instagram. Ooh, are you going to do the Franken pie on pie day? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, all, it's always one of my favorites because I think it's it's such a good way for people to test a bunch of our pies at once. Exactly. So you can go in and, and we have very cool like Frankenstein style <laughs> t-shirts that we make. And so it's it's fun to come in and, and get basically a slice of each of the pies we offer. And uh, 
There's, oh, I thought it was like a turducken of pies. <laughs> no, no, not quite, not quite. <laughs> I mean, you've made something like that for I us have, before. I have, yeah, yeah, I made a, a yeah. Pie inside Thanks, of a cake. Thanksgiving, pie. yeah, pie inside of a cake a inside cake. of a pie. Yeah, yeah. Pie cake. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, they're really phenomenal. And, and it's uh, female owned, which, you know, that's, that's my bread and butter. I love that. So it's, they're really phenomenal people working over there and uh, using a lot of local, local ingredients and local businesses. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely check them out. Thank you very much. That's been a feminist chef, Bridget. <laughs> yeah. And also uh, coming up next month, the meat kit competition mm. will be will be my fourth year. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, my Woo-hoo. third win. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Wow, she really missed being the king this year. So <laughs> I did. We'll I did. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. This week on the After Brunch Podcast. Like, that's how muscular Terry Crews is. Like. You would have thought like boobs were on the screen for a second. <laughs> Everybody like lost their speech. Like, yeah, Terry Cruz is right here on screen. Like, he's so muscular. Like, there, you have to like give it a little bit of respect. Yeah, like, I don't like come. I don't like what's going on now. But no, yeah, it's like, me, this got very intense. Well, quick. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying when you look at uh, when you look at Terry Cruz, there's respect that goes into his body. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like a moment, there's a moment yeah. of silence. Sure is. You're going to be yeah. the one that puts that respect in his body. Yeah. Exactly. Join us at patreon.com slash harder brunch. And we're back. Uh, all right, Jolene. Um, what, what, I guess what's the final review of, of harder brunch? Would you suggest your readers? Come if this was an actual restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Right? Go in and enjoy it, and try try all the dishes, and make all the conversation, and uh, and have mm-hmm. a wonderful time. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, like a free restaurant is also like. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> if you get bad reviews at a free restaurant, yeah. Yeah. don't go. <laughs> Wish I could have got my money back. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could have paid to say more bad things. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But like, so uh, when he, we had the original host, uh, he would, he would he would kind of ro- we go through the menu, and I would say what I make, and he would kind of roast every dish. And uh, he wasn't a food he wasn't a food critic per se, but he was critical. And uh, yeah, so that just kind of became part of the show was like making fun of the dishes, and then. Uh, as we started to do it, we kind of like, we, we'd have some like real chefs come on and then like, <laughs> he would just start roasting. And I'm like, don't do that to them. Oh man. <laughs> no, 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 like, do that to me. It's <laughs> fine. Right. Yeah. We had a couple guys come on and they, they did a great job, but yeah, they didn't take too kindly <laughs> to Chris's humor. And so we had even like, or, well, Dyke had even, Dyke used to tell us rules for what we were not allowed to say before, <laughs> you know, before he came out. And we had Alan on for the first time. Uh-huh. And we oh, were yeah. told we, he was really nervous about it. And uh-huh. he was like, he's cooking for us. He's like, Sternberg. don't do this shit. Don't do the stick. We're not yeah. doing it. We're not making fun of his food. This is a real chef. We're not doing this. So we're all just sitting there. And then Praising he's like, him. yeah. And he's like, you're going to do the thing where you make fun of it, right? <laughs> and, and, and he's like, wait, we were told we we're not allowed to. So I feel like some people like that. Yeah. Well, he was an actual fan of the show, which yeah, is, that, that helps. Um, so uh, you also are involved with Culinary Crossroads, am, which if yeah. you listen to our show, we talk about a lot. Um, they've sponsored us on a bunch of fun things, and we want to do one of your uh, springtime uh, dinner series at some point. With Harder Brunch would like to do one, but um, talk, about, talk, no, talk about the hard no. Welcome to in the hot seat. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we're I just think, Gary online. No, I, I think that sounds fun. Yeah. So Culinary Crossroads, um, culinarycrossroads.org uh, is a an effort to um, celebrate the people, products, places, services of Indiana's food community. So uh, chefs and restaurants, but also farmers and artisans and, and the products that, that all these wonderful people make. Um, just to point out all the cool stuff that we really do have here in Indiana, all the talent. Um, for one, for the consumer to find that out. Mm-hmm. And then another um, effort, you know, is also for, for workforce development. I mean, if you're trying to convince somebody to come take a job, you know, at a, 
at an Indianapolis firm um, and they're from somewhere else, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times they want to know about, you know, quality of life, you know, what is here in Indiana for me, you know? Um, and I think a lot of these, um, a lot of people who, who, you know, would come to take, you know, to take a job here, want to know about the dining scene mm -hmm. and what's going on. And are there, are there, you know, top tier restaurants and, and food producers and, you know, the whole farm to fork thing. Um, and so, so that, so that's part of it as well, you know, to sort of raise the awareness, um, that, that we do have very cool things happening here. Lots of great talent, fabulous products. You yeah. know, we're in the, we're in the culinary crossroads of America, right? Right here. We, we hear about the, the crossroads of America being here in Indiana. Um, well, you know, we'd like to say that this is the culinary crossroads. You know, you have a lot of things, a lot of people, a lot of places coming together. So, Absolutely. So yeah. So that's that's what Culinary Crossroads does. That's well. Part of my favorite thing about I guess cooking in general is the collaborative nature of it. Obviously, like everything yes. we did here today, and uh, I'm always surrounded by so much talent of like these people, and and everyone that I know that's creative, like talented, like that is also bored to death of whatever they're doing <laughs> every single day. Right. So when you give them an opportunity, like, hey, Andrew, do you want to go cook for something? He's like, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> He's like, I'd love to do something different or um, challenge and, myself. Yeah. And I want to say I like I like the website. Oh, and thanks. We've been working on it. It looks really good. Been working on it. What, I, what I think, oh, if I could great. critique I it a little we, bit. We went there yes. for, your, for your birthday yeah. last year. Oh, yes. We yeah, did the, uh -huh. the spring dining series. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. I think we got to get a spot on the, on that website though. Well, sure. all right. That's your that's your criticism of the that's website. That's my criticism. Like we're not on harder brunch. Well, I think if I you, agree with I that. I think if you, we have we have a we have a logo there somewhere. So if you look, oh, there is a logo of us. There on is there is a logo. I think if you look under, where is it? Dinner. Wait, we're, scroll way down. <laughs> we're like forty pages deep. No, <laughs> no, there's 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 our partners along the way, but under our, our dinner series. Um, no, look on look on the popcorn page. I think mm. their spyware took us off. <laughs> no, this is... look, on, look on the popcorn page. Now scroll. Oh, now scroll down. Is that is that you'll Heather's see, head? You'll, you'll see your friend Heather there. Heather, on top of Heather's head. Yeah, scroll down a little bit. Scroll down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scroll down a little bit more. A little bit more. Look at those sexy guys. Hey! Hey! <laughs> we, we are on the website. Hey. Oh wow! Are. There you are. Absolutely. Wow. And I think you know we might see if you scroll down a little bit farther. There. Look. Yeah, baby, a brunch and meat cakes. Look at that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so this year one of our one of our uh, themes is collaboration, and so we want to do a lot more of that sort of thing. We have collaborative chef dinners coming up. We have one in Elkhart in March. Uh, we'll have one um, in Southern Indiana in May. Um, we're working on getting a date for Fort Wayne. Uh, we'd love to get back to Evansville. We've been down there for, for a collaborative chef dinner. We also were in Terre Haute back in October, and we'd like to like to get around to other, other cities as well where we bring three chefs together, and they create this fabulous menu, and... You know, we just have a have a beautiful dinner, bring together a lot of people. You know, it's a lot of, you know, business supporters um, and people in the food world. And our, you know, our main sponsor is Ivy Tech Community College. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, you know, bring in, you know, folks from, from the Ivy Techs. And often we have students from Ivy Tech's culinary programs helping out at those dinners. Um, you know, so we, it, it's, a, it's a great way to showcase... Um, what sometimes people might overlook is the, mm -hmm. the talent right there in their in their hometowns, um, and it's so, it's very nice and very gratifying to shine a spotlight on that because we do have incredible culinary talent. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit about this test kitchen? Oh, Fisher's Test Kitchen. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, so for for years, I I had been wanting to have a space mm -hmm. a kitchen space a, a space for dinners chef dinners you know like like andrew whitmore has done um so I, I wanted a space like that and so i i kept talking about i want this space you know <laughs> trying you know and somebody somebody eventually said you need to talk to john wexler and fishers and so he's talking about stuff like that so so i did so this was probably in like i don't know 2015 or 2016 or something like that when i was you know trying to bang that drum for this this space that i wanted um and so I, I started talking to uh, John Wexler, who had launch Fishers and the uh, um, a lot of uh, things up happening up in Fishers, 
And he wanted to create um, a restaurant uh, accelerator of some sort, mm. an incubator. Um, and so I said, well, I kind of want this culinary performance space. And so he said, well, maybe we can do something. Maybe we can make that happen. So it took it took years, a lot of talking, mm. a lot of discussions and that sort of thing. But we did uh, in working with the city of Fishers and Sun King um, because we um, had a, a space in their, um, their small batch innovation brewery that's up there in Fishers. And so the idea was that we would have several um, built out restaurant bays, you know, like food stands, mm-hmm. um, and we would we would uh, bring in people who wanted to launch a restaurant, whether they wanted to try out a concept or um, just had an idea, or whether it was a restaurateur with wanting to do something different, um, that we would create this space for them. And then we also had this tiny little space at the in the, also in that building. And so we sort of squeezed in a little culinary performance space in there as well. Nice. And I was so I was so excited and so gratified. Very small space. I know some of you probably had, had been up there and have seen it. Just 12 seats around a, a table, a central area where the chef would cook right in front of you. And doesn't that sound fun, right? Chef cooking right in front of you. How, <laughs> how cool is that? And it was so cool. And then we opened... In February of 2020. Oh, yeah. did something happen oh, then? No. <laughs> oh, we had, Around that time. Oh, I had six weeks of chef dinners and culinary classes. Mm, Valentine's Day yeah. that year, we had 14 people in there with a chef do, doing a hands-on cooking class. And, um, and it, it was wonderful. And then our last one was on March the 14th. Uh, with, and that was an omakase uh, dinner with Neil Brown. Mm. And then, of course, the world shut down. Yeah. And so, you know, private, you know, intimate chef dinners really <laughs> wasn't no. what, what, anybody, yeah. what anybody had in mind there. You know, you can see the chef's <laughs> hand in your food right there. <laughs> right there. Right across <laughs> yeah. the table. Um, um, and and so, so, of course, everything shut down. Um, we had, you know, three chefs who were in there launching their, their restaurant concepts, including Carlos Salazar with Little Dumplings. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of our first chefs there. And, you know, God bless Carlos. He stayed open that whole time. Sun King had shut down. Our other stands had shut down. Goodness knows we weren't doing any intimate chef dinners. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Carlos was there, you know, at, at Little Dumplings. And it was it was a very challenging time. So, so we opened that in 2020, and eventually the, the beautiful little performance space kind of turned into a place for pop-ups, and um, so not so many chef dinners. Um, we, did, we, did, so we came back, you know, by, the, by later in 2020, we had come back, and we were doing some pop-ups, and I was so, one of the ones I just so was so excited about was Kyle Humphreys. You know, mm-hmm. he's at, yeah. he at Show You Shop, right, at yeah. Strange Bird. And he was at Little Dumplings. Right, at the, right in the right, neighborhood. Right yeah. over there. Yeah. And he was at Little Dumplings at the time. And so he did some some ramen pop-ups there. And I was I was so pleased, you know, to be just a little bitty part of, of his his ramen success there, giving, you know, offering him you know, some space to... To, to try this out. And so so we did some of that, and, and some other chefs were there doing various types of pop-ups. Um, but, you know, the whole the whole intimate chef dinner thing, yeah. just, you know, it was it was not the right time for that. Um, and so, you know, after a year, my lease was up. and, and uh, um, But I was so pleased to be able to work with the city of Fishers to get that space up and going. Um, I think that they do some events there now, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know. A little better times for that kind of thing. I don't get much past broad ripple. Like <laughs> my powers start to wane the further I, I, I get from the east side. I understand that. So when people talk about fishers, it's like the dark side of the moon. I'm like, what happens up there? I know they got some great restaurants. They do. They have some great restaurants, and Fishers has been very supportive of trying to encourage that. You know, uh, chef-driven restaurants yeah. again, partly for the workforce development. Now, uh, aside from being a writer, a food reviewer, um, somebody that's in the culinary scene, uh, opening up these, um, you know, places for chef table dinners and food <laughs> stall, you're also a TV star. Oh, you're well, also on the television. I am. I've I've been on morning TV for a long time. So, um, I was on um, Indie Now for for a while. Um, or I was on Indie Style on, on another station for a long time. Um, and so now I'm on Indie Now on Fox 59 on Mondays talking about restaurant news and, you know, openings, closings, you know, special events, that kind of stuff. Um, not on tomorrow because it's a holiday. 
Um, but just about every Monday. Shout out MLK. <laughs> That's right. He did That's a lot right. of good things for me. That's pew, pew, right. pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is that MLK airborne? <laughs> So so I'm on uh, I'm on indie now and there, there's, that's just a just a lot of fun you know so I've cooked on there as well um, so that's that's a that's how a, was the transition from you know uh, written journalism to being in front of the camera for you um, I think it's great I love I love live TV yeah. I, I, I like cooking on live TV when I was uh, when I was on indie style I cooked on there a, a lot um, and uh, it, it was fun you know so I was I was the food writer at the Star for mm. for quite a while um and then then they noticed i had this little website and they really weren't weren't uh, weren't cool with having a little website oh. um so i was fired from the star um and then um after that then i started um i had a radio program on wfyi called eat drink indie and so i had quite a bit uh, quite a bit like this you know, i would just uh, interview all sorts of people in all sorts of places and we were talking earlier about you know in, you know recording in kitchens and mm-hmm. and farm markets and stuff like that um so i did that for several years and was on uh morning tv and so i i, I love that i love that kind you're of very stuff. comfortable talking to people yeah <laughs> it's fun you know yeah. I, I enjoy it i, I am if oh, I, I am if, if we're talking about something i like if we're talking about like food or comedy any other conversation, I like. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> just, <laughs> just keep asking questions. Yeah. People love to talk. No, I, I really do have this question. Do you have a, a go-to cuisine uh, th- that I like to? Cook? Yeah, like you're like man, like this is like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> well, well, for one thing, I don't have guilty pleasures. Oh, if uh, I if only so, pleasures, <laughs> only, only pleasures. pleasures, no guilt. <laughs> okay, no guilt to connected with food. You know, yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, I, I yeah. So uh, if you if you want to have a piece of cheesecake, have the piece of cheesecake and enjoy it. Yes, you know. Um, but, um, I, I like to cook all sorts of things. My, my, uh, uh, back, my family background is, uh, really down home cooking, you know, um, is that German? <laughs> are you asking if she's German? <laughs> no, my, my folks are from, uh, from South Central Kentucky. Mm. So it's, it's very, very much, um, chicken and dumplings, mm-hmm. cornbread, mm-hmm. pinto beans, you know, which is, I, those things I've just probably all made those in the last week or so, as a matter of fact. Um, the A Order of America. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that, that would be what I grew up on, you know, is, is really down home kind of, kind of food. Um, but you know, I, I, I love all sorts of things. Love Julia Child, love to cook, you know, something like beef bourguignon. Yeah, you know, it takes a long time. Uh, but then I'm also all about quick and easy. There's no, you know, no shame in, in something that comes together quickly and makes your ham- family happy. Right. You know? okay. So, so I may, you know, I, there's boxed mac and cheese in my cupboard, you know, there's, 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 you know, quick and easy things as well. But then I also just love to get in the kitchen and cook. I like to bake. I like to bake bread, you know. Make some desserts. Nice. Yeah. I make a make a darn fine sugar cream pie. Oh really? Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. You gotta do that for uh Indiana Indiana Day. <laughs> That's right. So I was a co author of a book called Cafe Indiana Cookbook. Um, and that came out in twenty ten, I believe. Um, and so those are just recipes from small town diners all around Indiana. So I worked with a with a uh, folklorist a food a food writer who had um written a lot about small town mom and pop diners Mm -hmm. and i came in to do to do the recipe testing and and that sort of thing so so that book was uh, very fun to do and we ended up with a lot of i've got a lot of good recipes from it do you including sugar cream pie do you consider yourself a workaholic oh gosh no 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 i feel like you (laughs) I feel like you have your hands in all these different pies. You got all I, these I things do. moving. I do. But, are are but, you trying to diagnose our guests? <laughs> and to our next session. Well, like, you, you're a workaholic. You're, you're doing so you much that I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the the feeling. Like, are you the kind of person? Like, like for me, like if I'm not busy, then that's when the demons come out. You know. So like, I, I like to keep personally. I like to keep myself busy. Well, I, I I stay pretty busy, but you know, I I am not. I don't. I, I like to. Get enough rest. I like to have work-life balance. I like to enjoy my my home and my mm. family. I got three kids. And, um, I enjoy spending time with. What are your hobbies that are not food related? Oh my gosh, I'm not sure that I have very <laughs> many that aren't food related. Um, I like to read. I like to draw. 
I don't have, I don't do enough of either one, but yeah. I, but I would like to do that. I'd like to, uh, to illustrate something someday, you know, like a children's book. Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah. I have ideas for that. Um, you know, I like to, um, putter around in the backyard. I have, I have backyard chickens. Oh, so, so that's very. What fun. kind of coop you got? You know, we oh, are. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we're actually <laughs> professional <laughs> coop watchers now. Yeah, it's aficionados a, of chicken coops. More like we watch people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It is a very nice coop. I really wanted to be on the tour de coops this mm. year. Oh, it, you should have been. We're, we were. We're getting a limo uh, this year for well, the for the they, chicken limo. They were. They uh, were not. It? They were not coming in my direction this year. So mm. I. So I. I live. Um, like don't tell people. West, west <laughs> of the Prairie. Our fans are crazy. We, we, we actually do not like our fans. They are crazy. Well, the, the route the route was going east this year, and it was going mm. toward Irvington. You know, so it wasn't coming toward toward my direction. So they said maybe next year. Oh, so maybe next year I can. Well, maybe be, be maybe we just need to uh, organize our own underground one. <laughs> we call it yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Ooh, the black market coup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, black the, the coup. coup de gras. Coup. Coup. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh, one just Casey. Did you say one flew over the coop? Because <laughs> I just watched that last night. And I did not understand it. Anyways. Oh, I was trying to find a picture of my chicken coop. It's a beautiful coop, actually. Uh, <laughs> how many chickens do you got? I only have um, four right now. I lost a few chickens this year. It was a very sad chicken year for me. I lost some of my original chickens. So, you know, they they are only a limited time span. That you, you know. Do they live? Mm, yeah, yeah, same thing with cats. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with humans. You know, yeah, that's true. That's People true. die. <laughs> I guess some memories are just a little more prescient. <laughs> but but yeah, so I, I have four right now. Although only one of them is laying regularly right now. You know they don't like the cold. You any ducks? I have no ducks, but that sounds fun, doesn't I, it? Yeah, I know. I need I need a duck egg plug. I need, I need, uh, Wait. Keep keep yours in the streets, Jolene. I need I need some I duck eggs. I get you duck eggs every week. All right. <laughs> Never mind. I, I know plug. a guy. You got a guy. You got a guy in this room. Yeah, I got a guy in this room that just kind of opened up about it. Okay. <laughs> he just said he had a guy. <laughs> yeah, I lost my duck egg. Plug. What? What happened? Like, did you get? Did you off him? It's private. I don't want to. Got shut down. I don't. Want There's a big to... duck egg bust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people went to jail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, Good it thing was, they kept their mouths shut. It, was, there too. it was as bad as Waco. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was. A lot of fried eggs at the end of the day. <laughs> and, and All right. Yeah. It was over easy. No. Yeah. They heard a lot of shooting and everybody was like, duck! <laughs> and they're like, oh, we just gave it away. <laughs> oh. As someone who has seen the uh, food scene in Indianapolis change uh-huh. over the years, I, I'll say for me the biggest. I feel like I mean I've you know I grew up here. Like I said, when I was growing up as a kid, all I remember is like chain restaurants. Like like a fancy meal out for my family was going to Steak and Ale. That was <laughs> right? that was like someone's birthday or anniversary or something like that. Um, a lot of and then I feel like around. 2009 10 i feel like i feel like recess opened the doors and all these people kind of like split off you know and 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 then all of a sudden you started seeing uh more people doing this kind of fresh creative cooking and 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 now it's like almost if you go into a restaurant and you don't see certain stuff on the menu it's just like what are you guys doing here you know it's like it's it's it spread out so much uh I was kind of interested on your take and where you think it's going. Um, well, um, I think I think it's going in, going great and going in, going to be going in great places. Um, but certainly, you know, like we mentioned earlier, Regina Mahalik with our bistro, mm-hmm. um, Steve Oakley at Oakley's Bistro, um, Greg Hardesty. You know, when he had, and I would be going back to H Two O Sushi when he had launched H Two O Sushi, and a lot of chefs went through there. Um, Neil Brown, you know. Um, and uh, and other chefs as well. So so Greg was was really a big driver absolutely of, of this um, of you know what we've seen and and a, and a mentor as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so he really enjoyed you know 
celebrating what his chefs, other yeah. chefs who had worked for him had. had I feel like had so many done. of his, not only back of the house, but also front of the house people have all gone on just to do oh, amazing oh, things. Certainly, of course. And, you know, we hear, you know, about, um, you know, of course, Abby Maris at, at Bluebeard, you know, she started at Elements and, you know, she would, you know, looking for a job and, and, you know, ended up, ended up working there. And, and I, she's told me, you know, the story of, you know, like, looking at the menu on the on the window and saying oh man i don't even know what these things are <laughs> i can't work there but 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 her, you know her mom was encouraging her and 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 of course you know we see you know yeah. see how that how that came out and of course jonathan brooks you know with milk tooth um you know so many chefs went through his kitchens you know so i think he was he was um uh just a wonderful uh person to to push the the community forward um, we have a we have scholarship name for Chef Greg Hardesty with Culinary Crossroads at, at Ivy Tech, um, but yeah, so so certainly what what Greg did at Elements and then um, and then also at Recess and Room Four, um, you know what Neil Brown had done at L'Explorateur, which was a very cool restaurant. Didn't last as long as we might have wanted it to, but but still a very cool restaurant. You know, you mentioned Alan Sternberg when he was at Cerulean. Never heard of him. <laughs> we don't claim him anymore. Oh, shout out. Happy birthday. Um, that's right. That's right. Happy birthday, Chef. Um, but, but yeah, so I think we've seen a lot of, of um, chefs pushing, pushing the needle, you know, and, and that's what we need. We need to keep pushing the needle. We need to keep talking about what we do here. Um, we need um, more and more attention because that's yeah. what – that's what you know elevates the reputation across the country, and that that's what leads to awards, which yeah. you know they're not they're not the final arbiter of anything, but but it is always nice to be acknowledged. Right? Yeah. Didn't an Indiana chef just get a, a James Beard uh, chicken nomination for fried chicken? <laughs> oh, that's a restaurant, and that's a Wagner's Chicken Inn, I think, down in uh, in Southern Indiana. Um, that's a, an America's Classic award that, that the, the Beard uh, Foundation gives to American classic restaurants. Uh, so the Beard, so the Beard has many different types of awards. Yeah, so Saint Elmo's ha, has gotten that same America's Classics award. Mm. Is uh, there like a host Beard award, <laughs> like the best hostess <laughs> or somebody, front of the house? Oh, oh, front. There's certainly a hospitality. Oh, um, really? There's hospitality. As a matter of fact, uh, Love Handle has had a hospitality semifinalist. They oh, should. Mm-hmm. Chris uh, is one of the funniest guys yeah. I've ever met in my entire life. Not a bad cook either. Yeah, not a bad cook, right? No, as a comic, uh, I'm like, dude, this guy is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, real funny. Like, what is he doing? Um, but, yeah, so so we have had lots of semifinalists. I think the year we had the most... Um, was probably 2013, and that was um, when I think it was 2013, 2012 or 2013, when Bluebeard um, had just opened recently. So they had a best new restaurant. Um, so you had um, so you had them. Martha Hoover was up for outstanding restaurateur, which is another national category. That mm. and, and a best new restaurant is a, is a national category. Neil Brown was on the list. Greg Hardesty was on the semifinal list. Um, the guys from um, uh, from Three Floyds were on for, um, for uh, that year for as their, well. Um, their, their drinks. Right, so the um, beer mm. and wine program. Um, so so that year, you know, we probably, oh, and uh, Dave Talent, who is somebody else that we can't forget, um, who was on the long list before there was even a long list. So so David Talent, in, who had restaurant talent in Bloomington, mm-hmm. you know, was uh, perennially, on the on the semifinalist list and Steve Oakley as well, um, so we have had lots of semifinalists and and I am I am very hopeful that we will get somebody on a finalist list yeah. to be an actual nominee. That 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 is my ongoing goal. Yeah. Now the well, semifinalists are announced. Uh, it's coming right up. I think it's January twenty fourth when we'll hear the yeah. that the semifinalist list comes out. The, is there Chef a, Yusuf was just here today. Yeah, we'll isn't see. he on some type of well? I don't. Know. List? It, it would be nice to see him on that semifinalist mm-hmm. list, wouldn't it? Is uh is there any kind of uh, media um, James Beard awards? Uh, <laughs> there are there <laughs> are <laughs> there there are there the book and media awards. Um, it's, it's usually not given out on the same day as the restaurant and chef awards. 
But if you can get a beard award, it's yeah. a beard award. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. don't have to say the other That's part. Right. Don't have to say the little category. James Beard yeah. Award. Yeah. That's right. End of discussion. Yeah. So, End of discussion. You know, get out of my room. So when you so, so when you get a, a nomination for best podcast, mm-hmm. then 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 that's a Ben James Beard Award as well. All yeah, right. best food comedy brunch well, podcast. Well, we got ranked second. I want to tell you this. This is the true story. We got ranked second. We got crime junkies in our state. Crime though. junkies oh, beat yeah. us. Uh, They're number one. That's terrible luck. It's like being next to Chicago. It's like being next to Chicago. We make our money off of killing animals. They make their money off of... People, people getting killed and people are and always more popular every time that's every actually time. not the harder brunch slogan uh, <laughs> it's not. harder brunch we make our money off killing animals it's just the truth all right it's a dirty business can, can you drop a beat the bloody some business spots? that we're in dyke jolene thank you so much for being oh, on the program today talking so, to us and so fun. dealing with all of our foolishness uh, where can and we, eating good food. Where can people find you and follow you on social media? Uh, they can find me uh, on Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can find you can follow us at culinarycrossroads.org. You know, we're on Instagram and Facebook as well there, too. Um, and just, you know, reach out. Um, we have a newsletter that goes out every other week. Oh, so nice. you can sign up for our Culinary Crossroads newsletter. And, uh, and I would love to send that to you. Awesome. So. Thaddeus Jake. You can find me at uh, Thaddeus J. James Beard Awarded. <laughs> Period. That's right. Uh, dot com. <laughs> or at Fabricate on Instagram. <laughs> Zach Rohn. If you like this, check out our After Brunch. It's on Patreon. That is patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch. It's just $3 a month for an extra episode every single week, except for when we don't. I'm at Dyke Michaels across <laughs> all social media. Uh, shout out to our special guest chefs, Bridget Haran Purcell and Woo. Andrew Whitmore. Thank you guys so Woo. much for cooking and having fun with us today and uh we'll see you next time stick around for the after brunch Woo. bye-bye